Welcome to You Learn Something New Every Day. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are proud to present a new podcast each week that focuses on the people, programs, projects, and activities here in the district. This show is produced by my dedicated student interns right here in the Digital Arts Technology Academy, also known as DATA, at Cathedral City High School under the direction of Mr. Bryce Johnson. Our interns are Danica Palmasheim, Raymond Ruiz, and Miss Cynthia Alvarez, who is here again once on the board, Hello. here once again on the board as she is every single week, does a stellar job. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, good, how are you? Great, and thank you, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. We're most grateful. Couldn't do this show without the interns because I show up and talk. <laughs> That's the easy part. They do all the heavy lifting, and if I had to do it, there would be no show. So thank you all of you once again. And today on the show, I am very pleased to welcome Lisa Todd, who is no stranger to our district or the show, but whose job has uh, changed a little bit since the last time she was with us. Lisa is now our Director of Student Services. Welcome back. All right, thank you. Thanks. Happy to be here. Thank you for being here. And for those who don't know you, although I can't believe that that would be possible, <laughs> but um, tell us how long you've been with the district and in what capacities. All right, so this is my 22nd year in the school district. Um, I started a year as a teacher and then I spent 15 years as a school counselor at both middle and high schools. Um, moved on to be an assistant principal at awesome Nellie Kaufman Middle School and then um, was after that a coordinator in student services and then just recently, as you said, um, promoted to director of student services and very well deserved and uh, you have you have a really good track record with the district and you know especially uh, most of your work has been at the middle school level and uh, if you ask me I know that there are plenty of you who love being at the middle school level mm -hmm. but if you ask me it's probably the toughest place other than maybe kindergarten mm -hmm. I really those kids are like squirrely. I mean, that's, I think that's it's a good the best word. way to be. Yeah. I love middle school. Well, good. <laughs> well, then that's why you've been so successful because you just, you know, you love it. And mm -hmm. that's why we have so many different jobs and mm -hmm. so many different people who are suited to those jobs. And, and I'm so happy for that. That's really great. Like I wanted to contribute to education and knew, I'm sure I've told you this many times, knew I could never be in the classroom because mm -hmm. I have zero patience. <laughs> and um, I do mentor some of the Data Academy kids and love mm -hmm. doing that, but that's way different. Mm -hmm. Once a month and we just are basically sharing about a particular topic mm -hmm. and I may be able to offer a little wisdom after how many years I've been mm -hmm. doing what I do. But um, as far as teaching goes, I have mm -hmm. the utmost of respect <laughs> for teachers Definitely. and counselors mm -hmm. and administrators. And um, so I was really happy to be able to do what I do best, which mm -hmm. is communicate and tell the great stories about what does happen at our sites because there's Definitely. so many great things. So that's my contribution, but mm -hmm. grateful for you. And um, the job that you're in right now is uh, no easy task. Um, tell A couple months ago, you were promoted from the coordinator of your department and now the director. So um, give us an overview of uh, everything you oversee. <laughs> and just remember, it's a half hour show. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and it's also at this point, we haven't yet hired a coordinator, so I'm kind of doing right. all of it. 
Um, so some of the primary responsibilities are overseeing kind of our attendance program and our responses to attendance. Um, a ton of what I'm doing is supporting school sites in implementation of their discipline and behavior plans, uh, processes, um, supporting with um, suspension expulsions, um, just giving guidance in general, overseeing the prevention specialists at the secondary level, district community liaisons, um, our homeless and foster education programs, um, and now we now have a school social worker team, which is amazing addition. So overseeing them as well. And then just all the student services type things with enrollment, transfers, um, records. I mean, just the list goes on. So it, it goes on. <laughs> Plus, you know, I'm hoping that when you do get a coordinator, you'll be able to, to, to give up some of these things. Mm -hmm. Like you probably won't have to directly oversee the liaisons anymore. That will be that person. Yeah. Some so. things will be shifting a little bit. Yeah. There's certain things I'm going to be able to kind of hang on to, um, as kind of my projects. And then, but in addition to the director position, or in addition with that, um, I'm also starting to work with the elementary counselors and kind of supporting the work with the middle school counselors, which is, you know, where my heart is. And so um, I've really been glad to be able to add that because um, they're just the the work of the school counselors in the district is so important. And I really like to be able to contribute um, because there aren't a lot of district management um, people who have a right. counseling background. So yes. And, you know, unlike high school counseling, which mm -hmm. a lot of that is academic counseling, mm -hmm. not all, but a lot of it is um, at elementary, especially and middle school to mm -hmm. a great extent. Also, the counselors are dealing with kids social emotional issues definitely and we all know i think i don't think you'd have to be like have been living under a rock for the past <laughs> two and a half years to not realize how monumental that mm -hmm. has become mm -hmm. um in fact you know proof of that is the fact that every single one of our elementary schools has a counselor now mm -hmm. we have a couple of years ago before covid mm -hmm. we did have counselors at our desert hot springs schools because that's where the greatest need was and now mm -hmm. the greatest need, need is everywhere, everywhere. Mm -hmm. and who would have thought mm -hmm. that we'd ever in a school system be mm -hmm. hiring social workers mm -hmm. right i mean it's just it's mind-boggling so we'll, we'll get back to that but i want to start with with um a, a topic that is it's tough mm -hmm. and it's been tough forever, but since COVID it's gotten tougher and that is attendance. Mm -hmm. And in, in cabinet a few weeks ago, um, we went over the attendance rates and because we do offer our sites incentives to mm -hmm. making attendance goals. And honestly, we had to adjust them mm -hmm. because we're not nearly where we were before COVID. Mm -hmm. Like I think we were averaging around you know definitely 90 plus percent and mm -hmm. at some schools 95 96 percent mm -hmm. which is great and now we're under 90 mm -hmm. as a district and we have some schools that are way way below that mm -hmm. so and then attached to that is chronic absenteeism which is is that more than 10 percent yes okay more than 10 percent being absent more than 10 percent of um whatever the time period is mm -hmm. right we have a couple of schools, and I will not name them, but mm -hmm. we have a couple of schools that are around 50%. Mm -hmm. And that is just like mind boggling to me. Mm -hmm. So give us your perspective on why it's become such a bigger problem and what are we doing to address it? 
Well, a couple of things that are unique right now. And first of all, um, the, the idea of chronic absenteeism includes all types of absences from school. So sometimes parents get a little confused with that. So it's not just unexcused absences, but it's also those excused absences. And so one of the bigger differences last year and this year is we were mandating that students stay away from school for certain periods if they were positive with COVID and things like that. The one great thing, we try and sell it like this, our, our chronic absenteeism numbers can get better over the year the more days that we have of enrollment. Right. So if students miss fewer days and we're able to kind of address some of their issues, then they can move out of that chronic absenteeism category. But right now, because we're barely halfway through the school year, which means we're at coming up on 90 days of enrollment, if we have a student who was out once for COVID and missed five days and then a few days more, they're chronic um, at this point. And right. so our goal is to try and put as many supports in place as possible. And that's not just, you know, we've talked about the social emotional pieces, trying to help students feel comfortable being on campuses. We've, you know, really expanded our health services staff and every site has either a medical assistant or a licensed vocational nurse to try and connect families who maybe are having health concerns um, to be able to address some of those things. And along with all of the other supports to help make um, it clear and communicate to families that school really is the best place for students to be. That's the place where they can build those routines back that were kind of lost during that COVID time, making sure that they're connected and that they're building building relationships with not only their peers, but also staff, um, supportive adults in their life, accessing those resources, mental health, food distributions, um, extracurricular enrichment, all of that kind of stuff. And then also really supporting the academic piece. Yeah. And so you... I'll be honest with you, I kind of like put the sickness part out of my head and Mm -hmm. I don't know how I could have done that Mm -hmm. because like in the olden days, like it's not so olden, three (laughs) years ago, um, we, when we looked at the attendance, it it wasn't about kids being out because they're sick Mm -hmm. or because they might be sick. And Mm -hmm. we told them, you know, if you have a cold, you should stay home. Mm -hmm. If you don't know for sure that it's not flu or COVID, right? Right. We kind of, we're saying that now. Right. And before COVID, we basically said, you know, if your kid doesn't have a fever Mm -hmm. and feels okay, but has a sniffle, it's okay. Send them to school. Absolutely. So it's a different message Mm -hmm. now. And that makes parents more cautious Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, if they care about other kids, they do not want their child to, to give anything to anybody. Mm -hmm. Right. So I kind of forgot about that piece. Yeah. So that's huge. Yeah. Because let's face it, we not only have COVID, I mean, uh, we're recording a little bit in advance, so I'm hoping by the time this airs, we don't have this triple-demic or whatever they're calling it going mm-hmm. on of COVID, flu, and RSV. Mm-hmm. And RSV, there's no vaccine for. Mm-hmm. And um, the other two, there are, but you get, some people get sick anyway, mm-hmm. hopefully less, you know. Right. So we advocate for getting everybody getting immunized, even though we can't guarantee anymore. That doesn't mean you're not going to get some right. And we always, yes. And we always hope to see, and we generally have seen an improvement in the spring of our numbers. So that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it, 
it's it's got to be tough to be a parent. I'm glad my kids are grown. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's got to be tough to be a parent to navigate this mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Because especially, you know, parents have to go to work. Mm-hmm. And then if they have a kid who has the sniffles, you know, they used mm-hmm. to just say, yeah, you're fine. Here's Tylenol. Go to yeah. school. And now we're saying, you know, don't be so quick to do that mm-hmm. because you don't know if what they have is not just a cold. Right. And many kids have a cold, mm-hmm. you know, so that's tough. And at the same time, like you said, parents need to know that if their kids can be in school, they should be in school. Yes. So what do um, you right now oversee our community liaisons and Mm -hmm. how many do we have? Ten? Um, Right now we have seven. Seven. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what, what is their role? So um, we have a couple different, they have a couple different roles. We have a team of five um, that are kind of our regular district community liaisons. They do um, support school sites with outreach to families, doing home visits and and that kind of thing. Um, If we've got families that maybe aren't communicating regularly with the school or need assistance that something needs to be brought to the house and they can't physically get to the school, Um, then the district liaisons will go out, facilitate that communication with the whole goal being reconnecting that family back with somebody at the school site um, and getting the students to be continuing to attend regularly. Um, And then we also have two district community liaisons um, who are kind of specialized. One focuses on supporting our um, families that are considered homeless and one that focuses um, on supporting our foster youth. And so they do some kind of more intentional um, intake and support of those families and really connection with resources and making sure that um, everything possible we can do to support those families that we're doing. Let's talk about that for a minute, uh, about students who are considered homeless. Mm -hmm. So the definition of homeless within um, school systems and our district specifically is not necessarily somebody who's living on the streets or in their car, Mm -hmm. although we have plenty of those too. Mm -hmm. But... We actually have over 10%. We're right about 12% of our population. It keeps population. going up. Mm-hmm. Of our population who are considered homeless, because a lot of them are like, you know, four or five families living together under one roof. Mm-hmm. And if the parent doesn't have the utility bill in their name, then they're considered homeless, right? Um, and it really has to do with why they're doubled okay. up. And so um, really um, what falls under our definition of homeless is if they lost their previous housing due to economic issues. Gotcha. Um, and so if a family previously had housing or has to live with somebody else because they either can't find housing or cannot afford housing on their own, then they do fall into um, our definition and are considered um, and are eligible for our homeless services. And so if we take the round number of 20,000 students, mm-hmm. which is what we're around, you know, hovers between 20 and 21 right about now, we're talking about over... 2,500, right around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and about how many families is that? Because that's 2,500 students. Yes. So do we know, is it like, you know, half of that? Like, is it 1,200 families? Or it's, it's over 1,000 probably. Yes, probably. And that's just, I think, you know, people who have grown up here, maybe they, they have a better feel for that. Mm-hmm. But people who you know, just show up in Palm Springs mm-hmm. or the surrounding areas, you know, to semi-retire or to even to get a really good job because mm-hmm. there's more and more of those here. They have no clue. Right. And when they hear this, we do these mm-hmm. community presentations at, you know, Rotary Clubs and, mm-hmm. and all the community groups. 
they're, they're shocked. Mm-hmm. shocked. They're shocked mm-hmm. at that number, and they're shocked at the number of of uh, families who are considered at the poverty level, which mm-hmm. is around, it's like 90% now. Mm-hmm. And that's just what, really? And we used to say free and reduced lunch, but our mm-hmm. district in, in its very, um, you know, the wisdom that they had mm-hmm. with our leadership and our board realized uh, that it made a whole, whole lot more sense to qualify through the state, and mm-hmm. we do, that everybody gets free free lunch. Mm-hmm. Nobody pays. There's no more stigma where you mm-hmm. have to swipe a card to show that you're standing you know, in a certain line. Exactly. Or, mm-hmm. So, which is great because we're feeding more of our kids and mm-hmm. that's a need. And so what if Johnny already had breakfast and mm-hmm. is still hungry? Yes. Great. Go mm-hmm. have breakfast. You know, so, um, we used to say that, and now we just say they're at the poverty level because mm-hmm. that's what it is. And, and when people hear that, mm-hmm. they're just amazed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, years ago, kids came to school for their academics, mm-hmm. pretty much, right? And there was a school nurse around if they got sick. And, that, and there, there were counselors at the high school level to counsel them on how they should prepare for college. Mm-hmm. And now it's a whole different world. Right. We are a full system of resources based at and, the schools. And it has mm-hmm. to be, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we don't do it, nobody's going to do it. There's so many kids who come from broken homes, you know, whether it's a single parent who just can't manage or whether there's domestic violence going on at home mm-hmm. or drugs or, and, you know, they all come and we have to provide whatever each one of them needs. Cause mm-hmm. we're all about providing every kid with what he or she needs when they need it. Mm-hmm. And that's what equity is. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, Johnny over here doesn't need a counselor right now, but mm-hmm. this kid needs a lot of support mm-hmm. and we're going to do everything we can. It's a, it's a major undertaking. Absolutely. Is it not, Lisa? Absolutely. <laughs> so what would you say? I, we probably talked about it already, but what's the biggest challenge that our kids are, are and our families are dealing with right now? Honestly, I mean, there's just, I would kind of put it all under the, maybe just the title of uncertainty. I mean, there's yeah. just, there's just change. There's just things right now that still can't be a hundred percent counted on. And everybody, everybody's situation is different. And so our families work really hard and want to support, you know, and we've got a ton of, you know, very supportive parents and very supportive or very engaged students. Um, and then there's still barriers, um, in the way of that, just even some of the things that are set up in our Valley in terms of systems of transportation and ease to be able to get from school to school and, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's that's what I would say right now is just that we, we still haven't settled from the pandemic. We still have families that are relocating and needing to right. move and and well, changing and, jobs and things like that. So, you know, look what happened with the, you know, with the housing market, mm-hmm. you know, as we came out of COVID, like, uh, and we're not we're still in COVID, but mm-hmm. as we came out of the pandemic stage of COVID, the housing mm-hmm. just went astronomical and not only for buying a house, but for renting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- there's certain certain people who own property that don't have restrictions and mm-hmm. they see what the market can bear and they know that, well, they're charging that, so I'm going to mm-hmm. charge that. And people like, their rents practically double. Mm-hmm. And like, how are you going to be able to afford that? Because the salaries didn't go up that right. much. Right. You know, the cost of living and the cost of 
of food and gas and, and all of that. So it's, it's not a wonder that we had so many families who were not making it before. Mm -hmm. And now we have that many more. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, so we have the community liaisons who are kind of, uh, I'm assuming they're maybe like the, the first level once the schools say, hey, we, we need some we assistance need mm -hmm. help. And then they identify kids who need further support than our social workers take over? Um, it kind of depends. So we have um, social workers that are assigned to support specific school sites. So they actually work closely with the counseling and administrative staff. They're kind of a more intensive level of direct student services um, than the school counselors. So um, they'll do individual group that, um, counseling supports. If they're at the school sites, they do some work with the families. They'll do training with staff. Um, and then we have a uh, social worker um, under student services who's working with the behavior support team all over there. So with individual student cases, as well as um, with my role. So she will do some family outreach with some of our students that are coming back from expulsion or just specific cases maybe that come through our SARB, our student attendance revo uh, review board um, process that needs some support in order to maintain their connection with school. And, and so, you know, that that's a really important point too. Like, you know, you, first of all, things have changed and kids used to be suspended for, you know, any, pretty much any egregious thing mm -hmm. or what an administrator thought was egregious, mm -hmm. they say you're out for three days. Mm -hmm. And and I think that the state uh, that passed the legislation and most educators too realize that's not really doing anything because a lot mm -hmm. of these kids are looking for that. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh good, I get to stay home for three days. And they come back and they say, what can I do next? So I can stay home another three days. Mm -hmm. And so now we have other measures of other means of correction. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Other means of correction, unless it's really egregious, if it's drugs or if you hurt, mm -hmm. physically hurt somebody or, you know, that kind of stuff, you're, you're out and you're probably going to get expelled for that. But we're working with kids mm -hmm. more so that we can identify why they're acting out mm -hmm. and why, you know, what's the root of the problem mm -hmm. so that you can, you can help them deal with that so they can be in school right. and not have to miss class time. This is really right. important. Our goal is to help them build those skills. Just sending them away or sending them home doesn't do that. And it also really harms the relationship with the school, right. meaning it stops being a place that the student feels like any they can get any support. So we'd much rather try and work with them and get them um, the skills that they need, not only to be successful in a school year, um, but also be able to move beyond because they are members of our community. All of the students in our system are going to be, um, you know, needing to have jobs and um, be running these um, organizations in the future. And so we really want to make sure we can prepare them as much as possible. Absolutely. And then and from a parent perspective, you know, I'm sure that the response that you need to get from a parent when their kid's in trouble and you set up that meeting, mm -hmm. when you say, we're going to work, we want to work with you and your student to work out mm -hmm. whatever issues there are versus... He's out, go mm -hmm. take them home. And now they have to figure out what are they going to do with them? Mm -hmm. You know, so that, that would, I, I would think, create like some animosity among the parent. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're supposed to take care of them when they're at school. Mm -hmm. You know, so, uh, wow, B big, big job. And so then you also earlier mentioned 
prevention specialists, mm-hmm. those are those people are relatively new. It's only been a few years, right? And what do they do? Yes. Um, so, and, and their position looked a little bit different. Um, we had kind of one original person that was doing this work previously, and the original focus was to do uh, intervention for students who have demonstrated issues with substance use oh. um, or drug use violations. Since then, we've kind of um, shifted them. They still do um, implement the intervention for students who have drug violations on on campus. And it really is the purpose of teaching them better decision-making, understanding what what the reason is for their substance use. Um, But we've also added an intervention, um, aggression management support for students who have gotten in a fight on campus. Again, with the purpose of helping them make a different decision, helping them stop that um, aggressive behavior before it turns into a physical fight. And then they also do some um, mentor coaching with some of the some of the students. Um, to, that is a regular set schedule that where they meet with the students, set some goals over the course of the year um, to really help develop with a strong, supportive adult relationship with some of these students who have previously been maybe disconnected. So um, they do they do an amazing job. Are they at every level or are they on the secondary? Only at the secondary level. Okay. So it's at all of our middle schools, high schools, and then the alternative schools. And then we have one who's working under student services as well. That is part of my team that helps support students coming back from expulsion, incarceration, that kind of thing. And so our... All right, we, we're having um, more and more wellness centers at, um, on our campuses, the goal being to have one at every site in our foundation is raising funds to, to make that happen. So the ones, the wellness centers, we're at the secondary level, and I know we have one at Nellie Kaufman, like they were the first, I think. And Desert Hot Springs High School was okay. the first. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was, okay. So is the prevention specialist part of, the they're part of center? the they're part of the team. Okay. Um, yeah, so the wellness centers really um, are aimed at providing talk about as you mentioned before, giving students what they need when they need it. Right. And so the purpose would be for a student to be able to access the wellness center. They go through a kind of screening process to determine what level of support they need, and then they can potentially um, get some support either from a school counselor. Um, prevention specialist, potentially a social worker, a mental health therapist, um, or maybe they just need a uh, quiet time, you know, yeah. brain break, that kind of mm-hmm. thing in a, in a quiet setting. So there's many different resources, um, but the prevention specialist could be part of that response team. And do they, I know some of our campuses have um, like uh, peer mediation. That, mm-hmm. Do they work with those kids? Um, possibly, um, we have a couple of, and I think their program's a little bit separate. I don't believe they're necessarily associated with the wellness centers. They may be more associated with, um, the counseling staff and the administration. If students are coming in with conflicts to be able to address those. Awesome. So, all right, before we run out of time, let's, let's get, get a little wider here. Okay. (laughs) Um, why, uh, what's the most rewarding part of your job? I have really liked, I'm, I'm glad you asked me about talking about the teams that I work with because that has been one of one of my favorite things. I work with amazing people. I keep having meetings where I'm like, we hired the right people for these jobs. And so um, I'm just great. really lucky to work with the student services side of things um, with just some of these amazing people who are really focused on what's best for kids. Awesome. And what would you like your legacy to be when you retire many years from now? <laughs> 
because we're not it does seem really soon. far away um really just again i probably what i just said like i i always want to have people reflect that i was trying to do what's best for kids and so that really drives all of the decisions that I make and my focus when I'm working on, you know, hiring and things like that. And so hopefully whatever programs, people, that kind of things, the systems that we leave behind um, would be beneficial to our, to our so, kids. So you've kind of moved up the food chain, like, you know, steadily over the years. And, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, well, so is there anything next that you still oh, want to do? Oh, man. I, I, am, I am barely contemplating what I'm doing right now. And honestly, this is where I want to be. I have wanted to work in student services um, at the district levels. That has been kind of my focus since I started in the district. So I'm right where I want to be, Joan. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's the best. Yes. Like, you know, you 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 always, you know, you, you look toward the future and you say, oh, maybe someday that, but it's important to be in a place where you're, you're happy and know you're making a difference. And there's no doubt that you are doing that. And it's a, well, it's I hope a so. tall order, Lisa. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Like, I just talking to you for the past 30 minutes, I've, I realized that even more. Mm-hmm. Like, there was stuff that came up that I didn't even have on my list. Because okay. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about them. I mean, like, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a big job. So thank you, thank you for everything that you do and will continue to do. And wish you the best in your new position. Hope that you're, you know, your help comes soon because I'm sure you could use it. And, um, and thank you again. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you all for joining us. If you learn something new every day, a new podcast is uploaded each week. Please subscribe by going to iTunes. Look for you learn something new. Press subscribe. Please tell all your friends to do the same. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Danica Raymond, and of course, Miss Cynthia. And we will see you next week. <laughs>